Ladies and gentlemen, the tiny DevOps guy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tiny DevOps. Uh, I'm your host, Jonathan Hall. On this show, we like to talk about dev and ops and related topics for small teams. Uh, today, I'm excited to have guest uh, Steve Wells, who does uh, agile games and simulations. Uh, he has a website about this, and we're going to talk about the value and uh, of, of some of these games. Uh, Steve, welcome on the show. Thanks for coming. Uh, before we dive into games, would you talk a little bit about your uh, your career, maybe what you've done, what led you to, to doing games and, and how that came about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started off as a, as a dev many, many years ago, kind of probably start up, started right at the back end and moved my way through the front end and <laughs> kind of got, fell out the front and became a scrum master and then um, got into agile coaching at uh, companies like uh, Sky, um, uh, Marks and Spencers, GifGaf, ClearBank, these, these kind of, kind of uh, companies. And um, I, I kind of got to the stage where I, I was kind of felt I was doing the same kind of thing over and over. So I was, you know, it was, I was enjoying it, it was the coaching, but um, I thought I'd... Um, I was able to look at position. I was able to kind of semi-retire uh, at the end of kind of nineteen, uh, so twenty nineteen, um, and um, decided to look for something different. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. And I thought, well, what would be useful is that we, used to, as agile coaches, we do all these round-the-table games and things. They're really exciting and they're a really good way to show um, complex uh, concepts in a very simple kind of uh, uh, way. So. Um, I started to just wonder if we could do this online and, and built, built a few things, a few simulations. Um, uh, and, and that's where it all came from, really. And I started collaborating with a few people on some interesting games. And, uh, and that's where we are now. That's, uh, that's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, yep. well, anybody who's, who's worked with a, uh, a Scrum Master has certainly seen, if not a, a true game, at least some sort of like retrospective ish game, right? You know, uh, there's exactly. all those different things there. Um, yeah. And of course there are tools like, I, I think Miro is a popular one that, that provides you that level yeah. of sort of frameworks for those things, but it's, it's not really a game, like you said, right? It's, it's not, uh, it's, <laughs> there's not a winner or loser or, or, you know, a full simulation. It's just, it's more of a framework around a, something. So, so you've taken this, this concept a little bit farther. Is, is that right? Exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I, th I think the, the, what we're noticing when we allude to things like like Miro and um, uh, particularly the game, sort of the, the flagship game, I suppose, our No Estimates game that I developed with um, Matt Phillip. What we realised when you try to do that on Miro is it, it ends up as as um, it's not quite there, it doesn't quite work. And and what we what we we discovered was that actually if you um, play the game on your own browser, then it's much more engaging. So rather than sharing a screen or, or you know, a Miro board or something, um, so so. And obviously, with a with a game, there's much more complexity than you, you can program into a mirror board. You know, you can have stuff where you can move things around on a mirror board. Um, but obviously, with a more complex game where you need dice rolls, or you need things to happen automatically, or you need to stop people being able to move certain things <laughs> unless they've <laughs> completed certain tasks and so on, um, it becomes much more engaging than that you're playing on your on your own browser. So you play in a breakout room uh, in, in Zoom or something, but on your own browser. And we found. It was, it, you know, we found the engagement is pretty much like the real thing, and, and we, we're quite pleased with that. So. What What is your website? I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it at the end also, but what is your website where you have these games uh, hosted? Yeah, it's called agilesimulations.co.uk, and um, that's for historical reasons, because um, I initially started out trying to build a simulation that showed that um, the knowledge sharing yet from pairing 
uh, would mean that ultimately you would develop things faster. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure I got the maths right on that. It didn't quite really work. So I'm still, <laughs> still, still building that. Um, but, but, that, but what that did give, that gave me the platform for the rest of the games on. So, so we, we did, did a simulation from there on um, uh, the, the, how, how was the, the best way to deal with dependencies. So, and, and it it's, turns out if you always do um, your, the other team's work before your own, that's the most effective way of getting work to the system, <laughs> which is controversial. But, uh, I, I recently but, watched your, your talk about that uh, on Vineyard. Uh, um, so we'll talk, we'll talk about that in more detail in just a moment. But was that the first game then that landed on this platform? Uh, yes, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, after that, we did the the coin game, which is um, one of my favourite games. And I, to be honest, I think that's some of these games. I think are a lot better uh, the the online version uh, than than the real real face to face version. But the coin game, I still think is is much better uh, live. It's it's very really visceral and noisy and yeah. <laughs> competitive. But it works online and it's good. And it's you know in, in a in a situation where you know obviously in the UK now we've we've you know, gone back to working from home again as of next week. So. It's you know allows us to play these games, but I, I think it's that that one particularly is probably better played face to face. But it's it's still my favourite uh, favourite little agile game. So how many games are on the platform uh, uh, as of today? Um, about eight or nine, I suppose, or something like that. And I've also recently just also extended the platform uh, to uh, build an assessment platform, so to do things like Spotify health check or Scrum Master assessments or Agile maturity that kind of thing. Okay. So, so it's now kind of a generic assessment platform as well, where you can basically chuck in your own questions and all the all the data scrunching is done for you. So let, let's talk about that uh, that that game you just mentioned. I don't remember the name of it, but the one that that describe that that, that, that makes the point that doing other people's work first uh, yep. is yep. is the best way to go. Uh, what do you yep. call this game or the simulation? It's actually a simulation. It's called um, Interdependent Teams, I okay. think. <laughs> so, uh, and and uh, describe it for our listeners. Uh, what, what is this? Yeah. What does this simulation uh, do? How, how is it set up? Yeah, well, so what, what, it, what it does, it, it, the, the idea is that you have a set, a set of teams and um, they each have to do their own work. They've got their own backlog. But, they, but as part of their backlog, they also have tasks from other teams, which they have to do. And they have to decide um, when to do the team. So obviously, when to do the work. So um, obviously, at some point, they're going to get blocked because um, another team hasn't done the work that they need. Mm -hmm. so, so the idea is, what happens when what happens when you get blocked? Um, and there are three rounds to this uh, simulation. The first round is basically you carry on doing your own work regardless until everybody gets blocked. And, and this is, and then obviously that means there's a big power between the POs and the management and, and so on, and they decide who should do who should do the work next. So. Um, and the second round is basically you do your own work until you get blocked, and then you do the other team's work. Uh, and I think in in reality, most companies will be between those will sort of between those two because often, I mean, usually, but you never run out of things from the backlog to do. Right. <laughs> There's always something else, so you never get to the stage where you've got nothing to do and you can unblock other teams. So, so most teams are somewhere between those two. And and if you run the simulation, it's, it's basically based on a pack of cards um, that each team is a suite in the suite of pack of cards. Uh, and if you run the simulation, uh, doing the second uh, strategy, where as soon as you're blocked, you do work on the other team's um, uh, work, is actually slightly better than than not. Uh, but the third round is you always do the, the team, and if you've got any work from other teams, uh, you always do that work before your own. And this is up to three times faster in the simulation, <laughs> which is which is quite amazing. And it's it makes sense if you realise because nobody then ever gets blocked because. Um, as soon as some some work comes in from the team, you just do it so that you unblock that team, 
and they're doing the same for you. So there's much less blocking. Uh, and also, it's kind of you know what comes around goes around. You know, you know they do work for us, we do work for them. You know, it's a nice way, <laughs> a nice way to operate. Um, and also, there's there's no kind of negotiation because I think the real problem with dependencies is that um, you know if you, you've got some work that you need me to do, and I've got some work, um, my own work. Um, We've got no idea how to how we can relatively prioritise those, those two pieces of work because I'm an expert in my work, and you're an expert in your work. So I don't know if your work's more important than mine, or or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So if if we just always do the other team's work first, then it might be less important. Who knows? But in, in the long run, it all evens out, and uh, you, you end up and it ends up quite nice and collaborative, and, and you can't kind of fob people off because the other thing I've noticed, uh, particularly lots of teams have worked in the past, it's uh, we've got to do some work from another team, and they go. Uh, yeah, okay. Actually, we haven't got enough information. Can you go and find some more information? We'll look at it next week. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> so you, you fold them off, and you can't do it. You've got to do the work first. Right. So another benefit of it. So, so basically, by uh, stepping away from the simulation and into into real life again, um, if you're on a team and you have some other team, you're in a you're in a company with three or four or ten teams, and there's some interdependencies. Do the other teams for work first. And it will make your own work faster, not just the other teams work faster. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, makes, makes it, that, yeah, it makes everybody faster. Yeah. In the simulation, it's three times faster, but it's it's slightly contrived. But I think there's I think you're still going to get near that benefit in real life. Uh-huh. I, I've certainly seen that benefit in w- within a single team when you have uh, developers who are waiting on uh, code review, for example. If you have a, have a yeah. backlog of pull requests that haven't been reviewed yet. Uh, yeah. and, and when, when I've switched the priority of the teams I'm coaching and say, your first priority is to, before you do anything else, always review any unreviewed code yeah. and that, and that just speeds everybody up. Uh, of course yeah, yeah. It, it, it only works if everybody does it though, right? If you only have one person doing exactly. that and everyone else is, as you say, fobbing off, then you have one person exactly. who's only reviewing code and everybody else is off writing code. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. it does have to exactly. be a team effort. <laughs> It does, and it's kind of the same with the team as well. Because sometimes you might have one team who have all the dependencies, right? <laughs> so they spend that whole time doing other teams' work. Yeah, it, it really, it, it can really only, it only works if there's a, you know, roughly the same amount of dependencies between teams. <laughs> so. What what other uh, games or simulations? I know I know you have the no estimates game. Maybe we could talk about that one for a minute. Uh, what's the what's yeah, the premise yeah. there? Yeah, this this is this is a great game. I actually played this um, uh, first at a conference, Agile Cambridge conference, in about. 70, I think it's about, um, uh, with uh, the, the adventure of the game, it's called Matt Phillips from uh, St. Louis, and he's uh, uh, with Pfizer now, I think. Um, and it's a great game, it's a, just a Kanban board game, and basically you uh, you play as a team, and you get perfect information about, about your backlog, which you wouldn't get in real life, but this this is, is quite interesting. So you basically know exactly how many work items there are, okay. you know exactly how much effort is required for each work item, and you know exactly how much effort um, you have per day in the team to do it. so so you simply have to estimate how long it takes you to get these 25 cards across the board to, to done uh and there you go and everybody gets it wrong <laughs> so <laughs> always uh, we played it we're like you know we're pretty good a couple of project managers agile coaches we know our stuff you know we're not we're miles up, absolutely miles up. and it's it's really just demonstrating it's two things the first thing it demonstrates is the futility of estimating it's always going to be wrong because um, cards are dependent on each other, dependent on the team, you get blocked, you know, all, all kinds of reasons. It, it, it's, it's futile to, to try to make it. Um, but then what we do in the game is uh, we take the, the results that we've got, we run Monte Carlo simulations on 
it to show that you can actually do, do, do something a bit more scientific and better than estimating. You can do forecasting based on the previous data that you have. Okay. It's more scientific and it also allows you to have a much better conversation with, you, with your stakeholders, your product owners, because you can say, well, um, instead of just giving you a date that is almost certainly going to be wrong, we're going to say, well, there's a 50% there's chance we'll finish it by this date. There's a 90% chance to finish by this day and a 99% chance to finish by this day. And that's a much richer conversation because if it's like, well, it's just something you want to get as quick as possible to, to um, uh, you know, test the market, and 50% is probably okay. But if it's you know, legislative or something or you know, it's, um, it has to be there, then we want to say, well, you know, we can do it up by the 99% mm-hmm. uh, kind of chance. So it shows, it shows those two things. And, and um, once I'd, as I already had the platform, I thought, well, actually, I've, I've contacted Matt. So this would be great great game to play to, to build online and we did and it's it's fantastic and we, we, we believe it's better than the face-to-face game because there are things like in the face-to-face game you have to roll a dice to see if things are blocked this kind of okay. thing you can do that all automatically in code you know and you can uh, you can stop people moving cards when they're not finished or you know, <laughs> you know cheat you stop people cheating um but also the, the really good thing is you get to the end of the game and, and you go look here's you know here's your cycle time Here's, here's your flow efficiency that you've just done in this game, it, rather than a, kind of a stock kind of image. Because we, we generate that data on the fly as the game's going through. Yeah. So it's very, very powerful. It's like, you, know, you can't argue with this data. You've just done this. <laughs> and these are the results that you have just done as a team. Uh, and it's, 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 it's really, really, really powerful. And people get very engaged, but they're always surprised by it. And it's, and it's you, know, you can show the differences between the teams and what the different strategies they use to get those things to work. Um, so it's, yeah, hugely engaging. <laughs> I find it's often difficult to explain something I maybe I have learned through experience. Uh, I, I've uh, it's really hard to convince somebody. Maybe, maybe I can articulate it. Uh, maybe I'm talking about whip limits or something like that, and, and the effect that it might have on your flow. And and yeah. I have seen it work enough times. I've read the goal. I've read the Phoenix Project. I understand how this stuff works, but explaining it to somebody, uh, it's yeah. almost as difficult. It's, it's you almost have to say you you need to go read these books now. And and have my my last ten years of experience before you understand it. But these games exactly. can can kind of short circuit that, can't they? And and provide a way to 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 turn like like it, in this example of the no estimates game, you turn what yeah. what is essentially I don't know twenty weeks worth of work into a twenty minute game, <laughs> and you can see how exactly. that works uh, much faster than than living it out and experiencing yeah. it yourself. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Exactly. I think it allows you to kind of distill the concept. Uh, into a, into a game and say this is the one thing I'm going to demonstrate and just do it very well with the game. I think that's yeah. I guess with all the messiness of the real life and what, what's going on, yeah, and literally. So we're just going to concentrate this one concept in this game and just show it. Uh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, great way, great way to learn. That. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing, the coin game is also that's that's uh, another another thing. It's because the a lot of people play play the coin game or the penny game, what they want to call it, and to show demonstrate a small batch size just means you get things through quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then this this version takes it an, another step a step further. So you you play with a set of coins, uh, and there's twenty pounds worth of coins in various denominations. And the, the first round you do a um, uh, like a waterfall approach, uh, and then the second round you do coins one at a time. Uh, but the third round, uh, what what happens in the first round? We give them we give them two minutes. They don't deliver anything usually. <laughs> the second round they deliver the twenty pounds in about one minute forty five seconds, something like that. And they, they they go, this is pretty good. <laughs> But then the third round, we give them 10 seconds to deliver as much value as they can. Uh, and of course, by delivering the highest, highest value items first, they tend to deliver about 80 or 90% of the 
object value in ten seconds, and that's that's a real kind of eye opener. And it's, it's you know it's, every time one shows people, it's like wow, the you know, the penny drops, and they just you know wow, that is okay. <laughs> you know it's, it's a no brainer. <laughs> Uh, you, so you're, you're demonstrating the Pareto principle uh, with with coins in ten seconds. Exactly. Yeah. And the great thing about it is because it's actually coins, it's very easy to you know, say, look, you're actually delivering value. You say, you know, say you've delivered eighteen pounds of value. It, it really <laughs> rams home that value is what we should be delivering. You know? <laughs> what other games do you have on on the platform right now? Um, the other games, we're, we've, got, we've got, a, got a few that I've just kind of knocked off people. Though. So uh, we've got the survival game. Uh, you, you, you cast adrift in a <laughs> in a in a boat and that sort of thing. Um, but again, all, all of these things that are kind of old old style um, uh, games. But because they're online, you play it on your browser. They're a bit more engaging than you know mm-hmm. the, the normal. Um, we also do a, uh, I the name of the guy who um, invented it. He'll, he'll kill me for that, but it's, it's on the website. Um, and that's Agile Battleships. And that's, that's a great way to, to show the um, importance of feedback, feedback loops in, in Agile. And, and, you know, why, why Explain that one. I, I haven't played that. Explain how that one works. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very simple. It's, it's normal Agile Battleships. You know, you, basically, you, uh, you have a you know, set, of, set of ships, and the other person has to, uh, on a grid, and the other person has to try and hit you know, without seeing where they are, mm-hmm. you know, and you tell them if they fit or not. Yeah, the traditional battleships game, uh, but one person gets the feedback of whether they've hit the ship or not after every after every move, and the other one gets feedback at the end. So, oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's fairly obvious who's going to win yeah. <laughs> every time. I see. Uh, but it's a very simple and quick game, but it's just it's, you know obviously every knows battleship, so it's just got a little twist on it to show show the importance of feedback. Are there any games that you're working on right now uh, that, that aren't ready yet? Um. Well, the the, uh, the interdependent teams one. We're well, trying to turn that into a, into a game rather than um, uh, just a simulator. Okay. So that's that's very early stages. Uh, the other game working on it is the pipeline game, which um, which is a terrible name, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> marketing that most fun point. Um, <laughs> but the, the idea here is um, is you have a set of a set of things you deliver, and some of these things are bugs in them, and you have to make a decision whether to fix the bugs or not. And the idea is to explore because the, the if you do fix those bugs, sometimes the uh, customer doesn't see them, oh, yeah. so they're, they're overwritten by by other things you deliver and that that kind of thing. Um, so you might waste time like triaging bugs and fixing them and put the effort in and you know and not delivering other things to deliver bugs that the customer doesn't see or doesn't care about. So everything has like a you know customer satisfaction kind of kind of value added to it and a, a negative one for bugs and so. But as as you go on, you realise that when you when you're uh, delivering this stuff, they the things you're delivering are making up a pattern. So then you go, ah, oh, I see. So now I know which things I need to deliver. So the idea is that you're you're by by delivering stuff, you're working out what it is the customer actually wants. Okay. As it all kind of comes together, and it just allows you to kind of explore. You know, the the diff- Obviously, you don't want to just deliver all the bugs willy nilly. <laughs> <laughs> that's really bad. But also, do you really want to make? Do you want to waste time, you know, deliver, uh, fixing some minor bugs or, or some bugs the customer might not see? And which is more important to the customer? Ultimately, their satisfaction is is giving them what they want or, or giving them 100% quality stuff mm-hmm. with no bugs. So it's exploring that kind of spectrum. Obviously, there's, there's no kind of right or wrong answer to that really. I mean, it's, it's clearly somewhere in the middle. But it's, it's you know, you want enough quality to keep them happy, but also you want to deliver fast enough to. To, to deliver what they want, so it's how we explore that uh, that thing. I've played it a couple of times. It needs, needs a bit of work, yeah. I think, but it's it's, uh, it's getting right. there. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, this is fun. I, I've I've played a handful of these games before. Of course, we've we talked before, and, and you showed me some of them, and yeah. and and they're fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I would I would love to collaborate with you at some point on a on a DevOps game. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what it's going to look like yet, um, but <laughs> I think it. it would be fun to to. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't know. I guess, I guess there is a Phoenix Project game that I haven't played yet. You have to hire a a, a trained. Uh, uh, game facilitator to come do it with your team so it's not something you can oh, okay. just, you can't just <laughs> right. buy it off the yeah. shelf or, or play it online right okay um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, maybe someday i'll play that game yeah, I, suppose, I suppose devops game you could you could kind of explore the difference between having a separate ops team um and and bring you know a team that does the deliveries and so on and bring that see the difference but bring that into the team maybe that would that yeah there's so many different areas of devops that could be explored and that's that's a great one you know should, yeah. should you yeah. should you have uh your your ops people on your dev team or should you have separate teams mm. um mm. what one, one of the things i really like to would like to focus on is is batch size i mean in, in your 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 corn yeah. game uh, already helps with that yeah. uh but yeah. you know the the idea of adding an element of risk to each iteration you know sometimes an iteration or, or release fails it, it doesn't get deployed or it's you decide to revert yeah. it because uh yeah. customer needs have changed or whatever yeah. you know, so yeah. Yeah. adding adding some yeah. element of of some of your batches yeah. are, are, are are discarded uh and and, yeah. and that, that means <laughs> yeah. you need short smaller batches too so that you don't you know if you if you wait till you have 15 things ready and you have to discard them all you yeah. lose a lot more than if you just lose one so, so something yeah, like yeah. that would be a fun uh, sort of game to to explore for yeah, me. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's a very, very real world experience. That a previous company I probably shouldn't name them, but but they were they were doing um, Scrum and Sprint, delivering every two weeks. Quite happy with it, which is great. And then I, I pointed out that they were actually failed those deliveries. Sixty percent of those oh. uh, deliveries, like that, you know, they all um, went all oh, that bad, and uh, so they stopped developing new features and um, spent three months building a, a CI CD pipeline. Mm -hmm. Um, and by the, by the time I left, they were delivering twice a day, and, and the product goes, "Man, this is great!" <laughs> you know, I can find out what the customer wants twice a day rather than you know once before. Yes, it's you know it's game changing. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. It'd be great to build some kind of game around yeah, that. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. I just I just like the idea of introducing uh, these games uh, and the idea of of doing games uh, as as a way to make a point. Um, so if you're listening and, and you're struggling with with convincing. Uh, your team that smaller batches make sense or that no estimates make sense or many other things. Um, yeah. Maybe you can use one of these games. M maybe, I don't know if you want to talk about this. Um, how how could you go about creating your own game? Uh, I, I don't know if, if that's something you're prepared to, to, to discuss. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky on it. I mean, I think the, the thing with the platform that I'm using is it's based around um, Vue.js and um, Node and Mongo. So it's, it's actually very quick to knock up new games. So if anybody's got any ideas, I'm uh, happy to collaborate with them uh, on those. Um, uh, I built a couple, um, started working on it with a, with a couple of people on, on some of those things. So um, I think the game design is 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 tricky. I think the, the thing to do is to distill out what it is you're trying to, what concept it is you're trying to, to get across and strip everything else away from that. Mm -hmm. So a, a lot of these games get too complicated. I've seen people use the coin game, uh, the physical one, they had various bits in and you know it's like but it dilutes that is the point that the key to it is you have made have one point you want to make very strongly and just make it very strongly mm -hmm. and that's it and the game's short you know, you, know you, don't, you don't need to uh make it complicated make it very simple you know, there's, there's the get kanban game that lasts you know a couple of years i think you know, <laughs> 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 it seems to, uh, and it's, it's very good i'm sure but, it, but it's 
you know, he's doing, he's trying to do all things. I think the best games are ones that just say, here's one point, and we're just going to ram it home. Yeah. So you can't, you, you can't possibly misunderstand the point we're trying to get across. Just that one point, they go for it. Is, is there any risk in, uh, or, or have you received feedback or, or pushback from people who, who say, yes, I see the point of your game, but I don't think it's, it's valid or it's too simple simple it's not it's it's not realistic because it's too simple have you ever gotten criticism like this and so how do you address that um yeah so sometimes people say that i think they i think um particularly i love the no estimates game because it's because it's based around that perfect data you know that people always say well you know it's it's particularly when you get to get to discuss like the monte carlo simulations and then you know how that how you can forecast them it's very much like well um you know what about this? What about if this happens? What about if the team changes size? What what about if our if our tasks aren't all the same size? And it's this the great thing about the Monte Carlo is all of those kind of variations are are taken care of. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what variations are in your data, they're taken care of by because you're doing simulation rather than uh, rather than estimating. So um, it's uh, people people do sometimes go a bit, a bit too simplistic, but I think the if they forget the underlying concept, they 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 take that away and they they could they can. You know, dilute it for their for their team. The coin game, particularly, because it, it's you know, it's like you know, you should deliver the highest value items first, and and you always get always get kickback of that. People say, well, the thing is, we work in banking, and it's all kind of um, everybody. Everybody's business is a unique snowflake, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, 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 exactly. Yeah. But they always say, you know, they say, well, what's the point of delivering the highest value items first? You know, if we've got to deliver everything anyway, you know, legally, it's a legal reason. And I said, well. Because I had this very much at uh, was a clear bank, and they, 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 we were doing exactly that kind of thing. And it's like, well, you're actually better off uh, when it gets to the deadline. Instead of saying to the uh, regulators, "Well, we haven't delivered anything," <laughs> if you say, "We've delivered ninety percent," you know, we really they go, "Oh, well, that's okay." You know, yeah. um, and that ten percent that you haven't delivered is the lowest risk item, the lowest value items, things that people don't use. So you're still covering yourself. Uh, you know, even if you get fined for that bit you haven't done, it's going to be smaller than if you haven't. You know, if you've left a really big thing <laughs> off the back, like it just worked through alphabetically. <laughs> so, so you know, it's it's. Um, I said that's the biggest kickback I usually get is, is that uh, you know if if it's you know why why do highest highest value items first if it's just got legislative you know? <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So if anybody's interested in collaborating with you, they have a great idea for a game. How can they get in yeah. touch with you? Uh, yeah, just go to the website, um, and there's there's a uh, contact me straight from the website. It's the easiest thing. Um, there's there's actually there's a uh, actually a page on the website called Labs, which you can go to, which has got like stuff I'm working on, and you can you can enter your own there if you want. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, just go to it. But we'll have a lot of discussion. That's you know, on LinkedIn. Uh, Steve Wells on LinkedIn. And give the website address one more time. Yes, yeah, AgileSimulations.co.uk. All right. Well, great. Is there anything you'd like to add, Steve, before we sign off? Uh, probably just the other thing, just based on the assessment thing that I'm doing. So that's quite new. So I think um, everywhere I've worked, we've, we've always done the Spotify health check, uh, and it's great. It's really, really great thing, and it's really kind of engaging. Um, but it's always a complete nightmare because you have to have a spreadsheet of all the results. <laughs> it's a real pain. So what the assessment thing does, it basically stores all that stuff in a database. So, so you can you can look at like one team over time. You can look at individuals in the team. You can look at it across the organisation. You can look at compare teams with each other. So all of that data is already in there. It just, it just takes away that real, all that hassle of the spreadsheet. That's, that's the worst part. So, okay. so if anybody wants, anybody wants to use that or any other kind of assessment, like an agile maturity or find this, that's, that's all in there. But it's, I think the key to that is it's, it's not, it's not 
particularly play well at the games, I don't think, but it does it, it does save a lot of time. Right. <laughs> so. Now, is there a subscription fee for people who, who want to use these games on, or in simulations? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite low. It's, I, I think it's uh, about five ninety nine uh, a month for like the games and the assessments. I think it's about eleven ninety nine. So it's, it's, it's that's, that's in pounds, right? So if you're in U- if you're yeah, in the US yeah, yeah, or yeah. Europe or somewhere else, just do a currency conversion. But yeah, 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 yeah pounds. So it's it's, it's 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 very kind of the idea. It's very it's very low. It just pays my server really. Yeah, quite accessible. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> Well, I, I love the I love the topic. It's it's been fun talking with you, Steve. Thanks for coming on, and uh, yeah, like let's be in touch and do a DevOps collaboration at some point. Absolutely, yeah, I look forward to it. All right, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody, and I uh, hope to see you next time. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Find me online at jhall.io. Theme music is performed by Riley Day.